Well, we're here at uh, Canaria with Lars Benson of AC883. If you are familiar with AC883, they are an ISP up in Canada that does all kinds of blade repairs. And one of the more interesting things that they do that's unique is pitch alignment. So this is sort of pitch alignment season when the ground freezes over and they, they take their equipment out and make sure your blades are pointing in the right direction, and which evidently is a thing that a lot of blades are not pointed in the right direction. Yeah, Lars has shared that with us, big problems all over the place. Because of it's for sure a topic that's become more and more evident as more and more people out there doing the same or similar way of detecting a pitch misalignment. Yeah. So of course there's more awareness around it now than it was when we started doing it with our yeah. methods of doing it. So it's for sure come a, a topic. There are also more engineering reports coming out from NREL yeah. and from, um, sorry, from the German Institute as well. Yeah. So there's a ton of report coming out of the damages that misalignment causes. Yeah, it's like running a car down the highway without an alignment on the front end. You're gonna just... It's funny, if you have your right tire and your car is unbalanced, you go in right away to get it changed, <laughs> which you don't do with your turbine, you just let it run. Yeah, because yeah, turbines <laughs> are cheap, right? Yeah, exactly, it barely costs any money. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking with Lars, of course, always great conversations, the, the knowledge that he has, uh, and the AC883 team. And we've, we've stumbled upon uh, a theory that we want to talk about. Yeah. So it, it, with the knowledge of pitch alignment uh, and what you guys see out in the field, and of course seeing all kinds of different OEMs and issues that pop up, you've come across one specifically that we've been talking about. Want to share that with us? Absolutely. I think it's kind of me throwing it out there and also to get some great feedback. So yeah. it's my theory and what we have seen is the, uh, the topic on active pits, which means you're twisting the blades half a degree every time they pass the tower. Yep. And the reason they do that is? Let's do it because we take some of the, um, the, the what do you call it, the, uh, what do you call it, I lost the word, right? It's, like, the, it the, it's def like wind buffeting causing Wind deflection. buffeting causes take the other way so we don't have that and you can actually run in higher winds as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because you don't want that, if you're running in high wind speed and there's a lot of force coming by, when that tower passes or when that blade passes the tower each time, yeah. you get a, like a basically a pressure area of wind and what they're it's, trying to do is- It's a that. little bit of a reversed wake yeah, call right. It, call it like that. Yeah. And you get more pressure on the tower, so that's why you're trying to avoid it. And that means also you can, you can actually expect the design envelope. That's that's not my theory. That's a fact. By using active pitch, you're ex, you're extending the the same design envelopes. You get more megawatts out of the same. So it's an efficient efficiency move. It's supposed to be, yeah. Okay. Now you go out and measure hundreds or thousands of blades. Yeah. While the while they're running, right? The turbines are running. You're yeah. actually watching as the blades kind of sweeps in front of the tower, yeah. and you're you're determining pitch alignment from that little snapshot there. So you can see where active pitch alignment happens, right? In, yeah, at we, the bottom. We, we should be able to see it, but we can't. So we have clients that you know we ask them to take the active pitch off, so we have have a more true measurement of the blades right. of the rotor's state, yeah. so to speak but some of them forgot to do it or cannot do it themselves. Oh, so sure. they're running with actual pitch because depending on what access they have to their own controller from the OEM yep, right. or what service contract they have, they might be don't even have access to do it. Yeah. They have to call the OEM to take the actual pitch away. And that's way too common in the industry. That's, it shouldn't yeah, happen. It's, it's, but that's, that's, I think that's a different topic. Yeah. <laughs> of the, <laughs> yeah. the balance between owner and OEMs, that's a different topic. Yeah. But my point is that we have seen with or without uh, actual pitch, there's no different in this alignment. 
So when that blade comes by and it's supposed to be moving that half degree back and forth, mm -hmm. when you guys are doing your pitch alignments with your actual laser instrumentation, mm -hmm. you don't actually see it. You don't see it. Now, is, is that a, a, a function of the, the pistons that are driving the blade not functioning properly, which is a thing because you see a lot of oil and a lot of debris yeah. around those pitch actuators. I think it's uh, it's it's many things. It could be the, the pitch actuator is not working properly. That's yeah. one of the issues. Yeah. I also, but it's more consistent. So it, if it was that issue, it would be the all. It would be only on one blade, but it's on all right. three blades. If that okay. was the real yeah, if, if issue, the, okay. if the pitch motor right. was bad, yeah. you would yeah. see it on one of them would be bad yeah. or something yeah. like that. Just be oil everywhere. Yeah. Okay. But but we don't. So my theory is, and based on the real protocol experience technician in the in the field, is that it doesn't work. So in theory, if you see, we have the the blade that's 50 meters long, running on on rated speed, let's say seven or eight meters per second, we have about 40 to 50 ton of pressure. Right. Onto on the, the blade. blade as it as it as the swipes down to forty, around forty tons of pressure to the blade, and we have a two horsepower motor, a two kilowatt motor yeah, up here, <laughs> trying to switch right. it plus minus five degrees, but in an angle of ten degrees, with fifteen rpm, and that blade itself weighs ten tons. And yeah, and yeah. And, the, and the and the flexibility in the blade, which you, it's built in because you want to have a flexible blade. Right. So how is that going to work? You have one a two horsepower motor, fifty meters down. Turn a, uh, turn a flexible blade with 40, 40 tons of pressure on? Your theory is starting to make sense. Well, that's that's my two cents. I'm interested to hear if anybody... So, I so, doubt probably a ton of those listeners are going to disagree with me, and that's okay. That's what we're here for. That's my theory, and that's what I've heard and what I have seen. And also talking to pitch guys, yeah. they love it because they're selling a lot of pitch cylinders. <laughs> we're paying a lot of pitch cylinders. Because the thing is, yeah, you're basically only twisting the rubber ceiling. You're not actually moving anything. The rubber is flexible itself because it has to be. Right, yeah. So you're just twisting the, the rubber ceiling and that got worn out so the blade is not moving. So what you're saying is is when that when that blade is sweeping down and it gets near the tower at six o'clock, mm -hmm. that the pitch the active pitch management is engaging that motor to turn that blade a half degree mm -hmm. and then turn it back. But because of the forces on the blade, it can't actually do that at a two horsepower motor. And so it's just basically spinning, the motor or pitch cylinder is just spinning in itself up top. Yeah, it's, it's because there is a rubber ceiling up here. Yeah. So it's basically just twisting the rubber ceiling and not actually doing it. And I think even if it didn't, even if it didn't, was either was a fixed connection without a rubber ceiling, yeah. then would it then be able to do it? Would it be well, able 50 to, meters down just with trip, 40 tons. Or would tons, it just strip the motor? Or would it just strip the motor? Yeah. Either way, if this thing is doing this, moving like that, and if you're talking 15 RPM for the rotor, mm -hmm. that's four times, or what, what's the math on that? So that's 45 that's, times. Yeah, yeah, 45 times a minute. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of movement within that thing to get hot, All hot, the time. hot, and hot, yeah. hot, yeah. constant. So my theory, and based on what we have seen, there's no difference in our, in our system, whether they use it or not. How would they know that the system worked in the first place? They would have had to have had tested it. With they would have had to have lasers shot it, right? I mean, how would you know? You can obviously see the motor working. If you're up in the, the cell, mm -hmm. the motor's going to see that twist happen. But how do they know what's happening way down at the tip? Well, I believe, of course, you can see the control system that is working. It do, it do its I job. Can. They can see that. Yeah. Of course, the actuator is moving. They can see that. 
but it's a physical moving down on the blade. On the last, we're producing power on the last third of the blade, yeah. that is, whatever, from the tip up. Yeah. One third up, that's where you're producing power. But do they, actually, do they actually move down there? We can't see it. So if you can't see it, that means that either one or two things is happening. Either it's not moving the blade at all, or you're putting some unique torsion into the blade. The blade's absorbing the rotation you're trying to impose on it, so you're twisting the blade every time it comes around the tower. But it's interesting, if it was working as it's supposed to do, then we would see a difference because every sure. blade is different. Yeah. All blades are handmade. Right. So unless they have exactly the same twist, yeah. which is, I doubt they which would they have. Can't. Right. Yeah, but if they had... You would see different levels of uh, Different levels of twist. Yeah. yeah. So, but okay. either way, the design of active pitch management is going to have a wear part in the pitch cylinder. It's going mm -hmm. to introduce structural fatigue within the blade. Right. So is the juice worth the squeeze, even if it was working? Because we're saying that that's not working as a theory. Yeah, I don't know the theory behind the blades, if it really has that high an impact. That's, that's somebody had read more school books than I have to figure <laughs> that out. Uh, so I don't know that on the, from an engineering perspective, because the blades are flexible right. anyhow. Right. They have to be built flexible. And just the fact that they have to be built flexible is that my theory is it doesn't work. You cannot twist that 50 meter blade in that short time 45 times per, mi per minute yeah. and come back. Yeah. So if that's, that's my true sense from, from, the, from the, my experience. Yeah. So if you, were, if you had an operator sitting with you right now at the table across from us and they had active pitch management in their turbines, what would you tell them? Well, depending on the wind scheme, we have to be careful with that. What, what wind scheme do you have? Let's say in low wind, very low wind, you might be, would have that twist. I don't know why you would use it in low wind. Why would you need it? No, I, I agree. That's, uh, yeah. that's my point. In high wind, I cannot see the need for it. I can't. But I would love to see if somebody would argue against me and tell me why I, my theory is wrong. Right. And show it to me physically. I want to see that twist coming. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see it. I hope it works. Because otherwise it would just be like, hey, I know you have this in your turbines, but shut it off because you're just causing yourselves. Yeah. You're, you're not. You're you're actually costing yourself more because now you have another O and M part that you have to oh, repair. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. because the concept between by active pitch, from a blade standpoint, as blades get longer, is you could make lighter blades. Yep. You could you could use yep. that flexibility to your benefit, make the blades lighter, use transports, save yeah. a whole bunch of money, materials. Right. That's that's the thought process mm -hmm. in it. But if it doesn't actually do the task, then you're really at a big risk of but having also it a takes, major problem. The theory behind is also take the load off the tower. Right. So that's right, another thing. Right. That means you can, increase, you can increase your, your design criteria from, right. I'm just saying, uh, 2 megawatt to 2.3 megawatt, right. as an example, by having four enforced active bits. But if it doesn't work, are you then going over your design envelope? Or are you just squeezing it to... Right. To 105%. So I, I want to take this d discussion over to mass and balance. Yeah. So mass and balance seems like it's a more peculiar failure mode, or not so much failure mode, uh, a, a missed opportunity, I'll call it, yeah, yeah. that uh, especially on a blade uh, swap out, yeah, right? Yeah. They have a blade damage problem, they're going to put a new blade on it, and they just slap on a new blade, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that blade is matched with the other two that already exist. So now they have this kind of, this really weird rotation <laughs> yeah. aspect where it seems like two of the blades are moving faster than the third one. Yeah, true. So how do you detect that? And first, describe that. Like, how, yeah. how, do, you, how do you measure to know, like, that one blade is off weight-wise? Okay, the, that, the first part, you got to start with getting <laughs> the blade served. Yeah, first of all, we need to, when we are measuring, first thing, first things first, they're getting the same angles so they are more aerodynamically aligned. Okay. They start there. Okay. And after that, then we're measuring the mass imbalance. And we're doing on a rotation, because we come to call it shearing. If everything, if everything works well, it should be 120 degrees between the blades. Right. But it, we're measuring the plus and minuses. Time, it comes down a long time. How many degrees is that delta from blade A to blade C to blade B? Right. How much is there in between? And if one is always coming down, a heavy blade coming down faster that way, Right. Then it goes up slower to the next one. So we're measuring the delta between in the rotational speed. Because it should right. go like 100% synchronous, right? But it right, has, right, there's right. always this, if you have the mass imbalance. So that, that is torture on a gearbox and a drivetrain, right? Absolutely. Main bearings? So they say, there are two things. If, one thing is the aerodynamic balance, unbalance. If it's within reason, whatever that means, within a degree, of course, they have an impact on the drivetrain, but if you have extreme uh, aerodynamic imbalance, four or five degrees, which we have seen, then that's equally bad as mass imbalance. So back to the mass imbalance, let's say now we have aerodynamically, aerodynamically okay. balanced, now we have the mass imbalance. And as you said, change the weight, we had some that should be weighted out, there should be a balance, everything should be good. Uh, the client did not tell, then the clients do not tell us if they have a weight repair. They tell us after the fact, oh, why is this one out? Well, oh, by the way, we actually yeah. changed the blade. So on one of them, we found there was 82 kilos missing in chamber number two. 82 kilos missing. The turbine could not run over 70 meters per second. It was stalling. Sure. And the blade tip on, you see the, 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 the what do you call it, when you see the rotation from the side, the blade tip delta was five feet. It was one meter and one meter twenty. So like basically as the blades feet. as right. the blades passed the tower, one of them was closer to the tower by five feet. It was actually no, it's a closer to away from the tower. Okay, so okay. because that, if you see there's eighty two kilos missing, it's not right. heavy enough uh, not yeah, yeah, load. Yeah, yeah. to load. It's actually it's oh. further away from the tower. Right. Uh, and that was that was a meter and twenty, so that's that's four feet. You could see that with your blind eye. We can see it and we can hear it. <laughs> yeah. We can hear the whistling. Yeah, that's crazy. 100%. So what percentage of blades have mass imbalances out there? Um, from what we have seen, we have done about 1,000, 1,200 blades. Might be more, not blades, but turbines. Might be done more, I can't remember. But So turbines from zero to four years old, and say four to eight, and over eight, let's try to do that. Yeah. Um, the, the newer turbines is about 15, 20% are out of balance. And once you move up, then you're about 30 to 35 percent. And once you get over eight years old, it's 35 to 50 percent out. Whoa. And that's, uh, that's, I could go more detailed, but that's rough numbers. Um, for sure, sorry, but GE turbines older than eight years, that's 50 percent out. Gamesa turbines, eight years old, we had a site of more than 100 turbines, 52 were out of, out of bounds. Wow. So that's some examples. 
Uh, yeah. Okay, that's a lot. That's a way lot. more than yeah. I was thinking yeah. it was. So, and that's mass imbalance or pitch? That's 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 aerodynamic. That's aerodynamic yeah, yeah, imbalance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and mass imbalance. Where do you think the the number is? I don't. I can't. It's hard to quantify. I can't do that because we only see it if we are being called out, right? Or we are catching it by right. coincidence. So one of the one of the things that I, I always wondered about is like a insurance case blade gets swapped out. A lot of times they say, "Hey, we got to put three new blades up because we can't find one." Or if they have a safe harbor blade sitting at the O and M building, "Hey, that one actually the weight starts close enough." Da da da. Would you recommend that? Hey, if you're going to swap a blade out, no matter if it's one blade or you're doing a whole rotor set, if it's a case like that, come out and get the and get the pitch alignment checked. Should for sure get it done anyhow when you're changing one blade. Yeah. Because the zero markers doesn't really give you much. It's not very accurate. Yeah. So we have we we have to get a message somehow or get it adjusted. It could be the our laser or somebody somebody else. But you need to get it mapped out. Another thing that's important is that. The spec sheet from the one turbine we had that was real severe. That was a spec sheet from uh, from LM. Tells you where the weight is, and it turns out that person who made that balance did not follow that spec sheet. Oh. She was just missing 82 kilos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that's that's another thing as well. ISPs, independent contractors, seems like not always being educated to the work they do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, many, a, that's many, an industry-wide problem. That's inter- industry-wide, but also many turbines are, of course, mostly placed in rural areas. So how do you get qualified? Yeah, that's tough. It's, that's, that, that, doing that, it. that boils down to the technician issue that we're always talking about. Yeah. Right. Training is one, just one thing. Back me up on the GE aerodynamic yeah. alignment issue. <clears throat> is that just a wear and tear on the structure, that the, the twisting of the blade, having done so many cycles, that it doesn't... They don't behave the same as they as they age because that um, would make sense to me. You see that on yeah. structural wings. fatigue. Yeah, it's a structural fatigue issue. Right? I think also that's uh, so the G of course is electrical pits. Yeah, it could be an encoder that doesn't work properly, yeah. uh, or might be uh, the controller get the signal it does move, but actually it doesn't. Right. Uh, so that's one thing, and then of course the I'm just saying the best is the uh, the Siemens that's hydraulic pits. Right. And uh, there you see that's that's leaking pit cylinders. They they're wandering because it's slowly leaking, so you don't get the movement they think they get. Yeah, what? but it's it's easier to see that if you're if you're up in the nacelle or looking in the hub, you can it's see easier that. to see a problem with a hydraulic. One, pitch one electric, electrical pits, you can't really see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if that's so prevalent, what kind of AEP losses that turns into power production issues? Yeah, there is power production. You're losing you're losing power in the low wind area. Right. Not as much in the high wind area. Right. The trade-off in high wind, you get way more vibration. Yeah. But you're losing, you have less vibration in low wind, but you're losing power. In high wind, you, you get way more vibration and you're losing your gearbox. Yeah. Yeah. You're wearing components out pretty much. You're going to pay either way. <laughs> you're going to pay in low wind in one way and yeah. missing production. Yeah. So what are the first signs that you know you may have a pitch alignment issue? Is the SCADA system? Chipping off under high wind conditions, right? right. Uh, Are you getting alarms that say something is wrong? Vibration alarms. Vibration alarms. You get that from the ABA. A lot of vibration. This turbine is stalling after seven meters per second. Right. Let's check that, and then we've gone out and then we're digging into it. Mostly, we find out it is a a aerodynamic imbalance or a mass imbalance. So I know one of the issues from GE more recently over in Europe, right, was they had. A couple of blades snap off. Yep. 
and then they traced it back to a single sensor in the turbine not mm. catching it soon enough yeah. like there's a, an issue with the sensor system yeah so that's, that, that's the story we're being told today yeah i've seen that story a couple times yeah. now so it seems to be a pretty consistent story so if if that's the case is that a, basically a load imbalance an aerodynamic imbalance then that it's not catching the vib the induced vibration uh, of and, course, if you don't catch the vibration, regardless where it's coming from, right. already there you have an issue because then again you're going to pay later. Right. If it's from, if that could have been caught by the sensor working and thereby you could adjust your blade, I don't know, but that's an option. Yeah, it's what's what's the issue though? Is is it a mass imbalance? Is it an aerodynamic imbalance? It's not stripping the sensor. Forget forget about the sensor for a minute. That the yeah. sensor is is there to capture yeah. gross errors, mm -hmm. right? So if they had a gross error, with and in, in a blade, which would cause the blade to, to fatigue and to yeah. break, yeah. I would assume that that's a vibration sensor of some sort, and that the issue would be pitch alignment. Could be as simple as pitch alignment. Could be, yeah. But we see vibration level. We see that caused by both. Okay. The shorter vibration level could be caused by aerodynamic imbalance, but that's more a vibration level. Okay. If you have a mass imbalance between the oscillation of the tower, and then you're down to the foundation, and then you're really in trouble. Yeah, oh, because yeah. I think that has a lot to do with repowering. So we talked to Onyx Insight for instrumenting towers for the amount of sway they have. I yeah. mean, there's a couple of companies doing this, but basically they're, they're monitoring the towers from the sway they have because it helps them determine the structural integrity of the foundation when they go to repower. Mm -hmm. So there's put a slightly bigger blades, maybe a slightly bigger generator on this thing. They have to know what the foundation is doing and it takes yeah. them 12 months to do it. But my guess is that when they monitor some of those turbines, they must be seeing some decent amount of sway. I mean, we are seeing, we can see sway up to six, 700 millimeters, oh. half a meter and more, easily. Whoa. But one thing is the sway, but what if we have the isolation? Right, it's not back and forth, it's No, it's left actually and, in it's a, left a, elliptical. Yeah, it's elliptical, like right. Yeah. That's a big so problem that's, for that's a foundation. Even, that's, that's why we have seen, you know, uh, tower collapse that we have seen uh, change the foundations. It's out there. Uh, we went to sites where basically there's no dirt around the foundation because it's all shaken apart. Wow. It's horrible. <laughs> Sometimes it's scary, but you see a lot of stuff. But I do believe by we were one of the first movers doing this, but there's a ton of people doing it with different technologies. Right. Skater data, which can be done to might be more data, data heavy and more on the back end of the engineering department heavy. Uh, there's uh, high-speed cameras, different ways of doing it, sure. but it's the same issue we're trying to address. Yeah. So by the more people out there doing it, it's got more awareness, I believe, mm -hmm. that people know, yeah, oh, my B is not only AC83 finding stuff, yeah. but there's actually a lot of findings out there. Speaking of finding stuff, Lars, I got a question for you, because this is something that I was, was actually talking to someone last night about, is blade bolts. Yeah. So blade bolts, whether it's pre-tension, post-tension, however they're tight, mm -hmm. torqued, over-torqued, under-torqued, uh, issues with the torquing guns when they go on, all these different right. kind of things. If there was an issue in either the blade bolts torquing, breaking, or say like the, the actual pockets that they're uh, epoxied into starting to move, mm -hmm. would you guys be able to find that with your pitch measurement as well? Uh, I think it would be hard for us to tell that is the root cause. Right. But there's a lot of boxes we check once we, uh, we can see it's in balance. Great check, that's good. Uh, we still have vibrations, but we have no tower movement. Okay, then we might be looking at the drivetrain. Yeah. There could be some gearbox or yeah. main bearing so issues. 
if we, is that also in okay, but we still have a lot of sway? Well, let's check the imbalance, the mass imbalance, which we're also checking, right? So yeah. we get the, the report fully from right yeah. away. So it's so you're using your, your pitch alignment methodology as a diagnostic tool. For the yeah, it's more than, just, it's more than just a, what do you call it, a measurement tool. We also get a lot of checking boxes. Is it that, is it that, is it that? It could be different different reasons. Uh, blade twists, we have detect, we have detected uh, uh, huge, uh, what do you call it, uh, failures in blades. We had a tip that was twisting five, six degrees compared to the rest, and there was a crack in the blade that we oh, found. Yeah. Like probably but that was, but that was by poor, pure coincidence. Right. That was not why we were on site. But we see a lot of stuff, a lot of boxes you can check once we do that analytics. And it takes seven, eight minutes, that's it, and we get into a whole report. Then we are checking some uh, KPIs, if they are okay, and then we find move on to the next, or we analytics a little bit on site, what it is. Right. So we're in the peak pitch alignment season because yep. the ground is frozen. That makes life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And we have, more, we have more constant wind that oh, in true. the summer, so we need a constant wind speed. What's your, what, what, what are your constraints for actually doing the pitch alignment? Roughly between 4 to 10, 10 meters per second, but it's more important we need the number of rotations. We need roughly 6.5, 7 RPMs. That means a GE 1.5 to 30 meters, 37 meters blades, they're, they're spinning way faster yeah. than a 53 meter blade. Right, right, right. But roughly 7, 7 RPM would be good for us. So then, this is the time to be calling AC883, right? Where at the end of October, the ground's starting to freeze up in Calgary, yeah. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's moving south rapidly yeah. uh, because you want to get ready for the season. Right, the, the peak production season. And yes. you want to have your blades yeah. aligned and to get rid of some of these exactly. historical problems that are yeah. happening. Or if you want to talk to Lars about his active pitch management. Yeah, you're going to have to talk Def to Lars. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to take the discussion. <laughs> and I'm happy to be turned around. I would love that. So how do we how do we find you on the interwebs? Interwebs is just ac883.com. Okay, ac883.com. Yeah, should be right there. Okay, and then also only you can check out on LinkedIn, or you can, especially yeah. if you have alignment issues, you can reach Lars directly on LinkedIn and, and talk about active yeah. alignment. I'm happy to take the discussion. I'm happy to cave in. <laughs> totally happy to do that. But that's just my practical two cents, and uh, there's probably a bunch of engineers that can, that can tell me different. I would love that. Perfect. Yeah, well, Lars has been fantastic. We don't get to see you so much, uh, <laughs> just at conferences, uh, because we all, that's that's how this works. But yes. yeah, and this has been great, and, I, and this has been a great conference in Canada, and we appreciate all the support you've given to WeatherGuard. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's been fantastic, really, it has been. Thank you, my really pleasure. Appreci we appreciate all the effort there. Yeah. So yeah, you have to take You're us out for a steak tonight, or Joel and I just <laughs> got steak tonight. Absolutely. <laughs>